Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by John Crampton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Yeah, well, what I wanted to share with you this morning was uh, around the story of Jonah. And I know that many of us have heard the story, perhaps as young kids, and uh, it's kind of like, wow, that was amazing, you know, this huge big fish comes and swallows Jonah and, you know, all, all the whole big deal around that. <laughs> Interestingly enough, just in the last two weeks, there was a guy overseas and he was actually swallowed by a whale and, uh, and then the, the whale spat him out and uh, made uh, headlines all over the place. So it was actually quite an interesting story. Um, but it's not because of that that I want to talk about Jonah. It's because of what Jonah was facing and his response and his reaction to what God was doing uh, in the midst of the storm and this calamity. And, and that's the, the, the thing I want to draw out for us today. But just very briefly, the, the overview, Jonah, it's a small little book, uh, one of the minor prophets, and it's an unusual book because uh, it's narrating the story of um, basically a prophetic mission, uh, a journey that he went on uh, in response to what the Lord was saying to him. And uh, so it doesn't contain you know, lots of prophecies, but it's about this prophetic mission that he was uh, doing. And, uh, and so the Lord speaks to Jonah and he says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. Now Nineveh is the capital of uh, the Assyrian uh, nation and uh, these guys are not the friends of Israel. And so Jonah, instead of going east, which is, uh, you know, what he should have done to get to Nineveh, you know, maybe he would have traveled, you know, 900 kilometers, a thousand kilometers to get to Nineveh. Uh, No ways. He goes the opposite direction and he heads maybe, you know, in the direction of about four and a half, five thousand kilometers and he leaves from a place called Joppa, modern day Tel Aviv, and he's heading off for Spain. Tarshish, all right, and uh, so he's going in the opposite direction. He's kind of like, if God wants me to go east, I'm going to go west. And the reason is that he was prejudiced against the people of Nineveh, the Assyrians, because they were uh, not God's people, and uh, he didn't want God to have mercy on them. Because when God sends a prophetic word of warning. It's in order that he might give people the opportunity to receive mercy. Yea, God is a God who is full of compassion and love, kindness and mercy. And so Jonah, he's going the opposite direction because he's kind of like, I don't want these guys to get God's mercy. It's quite a crazy situation going on. Anyway, storm comes up. He's on this boat. He's heading for Spain. And uh, God sends this crazy storm and grabs hold of their attention. The, the other guys on the boat, you know, they, they're not believers. They're serving all kinds of other gods. And, you know, they, they, they cast lots to try and figure out who is the cause of all this trouble. And the, uh, the lot falls to Jonah. And they're kind of like, Jonah, what have you done to cause us to, you know, to, to face this great terrible calamity, the storm. 
And, uh, and Jonah says, you know, basically, I've been running away from God, and just toss me overboard, and everything will be fine for you guys. It'll become calm. And they're kind of like, whoa, whoa, we don't want to have your blood on our hands. No, if you're serving, you know, the almighty God, it's kind of like, whoa, don't do this. But eventually, they, uh, they relent, and they, they, they say, God, don't hold this against us, and they toss Jonah overboard. And God is in the middle of all of this stuff, and a massive fish, all right, it wasn't a whale necessarily in the original language, it just speaks about this large fish. This massive fish comes along and swallows Jonah, and Jonah is in the inside of this fish for three days and for three nights, and it's a pretty, you know, smelly place. I mean, goodness gracious, um, probably not the best kind of transport that he was hoping for, and uh, not the kind of place that would be, you know, like, whoa, let's go on vacation here. <laughs> no ways. All right, so really, really nasty horrible, terrible, but even though it wasn't comfortable, it was disgusting, God uses this fish not only to rescue Jonah, but also to give him the opportunity to have a change of heart and mind. Because what's going on is that God is working inside of Jonah in the middle of the storm that's raging all about. Jonah has an opportunity to change his tune. We're going to get into that in a short while. The rest of the story is that Jonah does uh, relent and he submits to the purposes and plans of God and he says, all right. I'll head off to Nineveh. And he takes the, the journey by land and, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of kilometers, maybe just a, a thousand kilometers or so. And he gets there. And uh, it's a big city. It's about 120,000 people, which for those times was a massive city. And uh, the, the king of the Assyrians, had, uh, that was the capital city there, and uh, it was based on the banks of uh, the, the, the Tigris River. It was a crossroads where north and south and east and west trade routes sort of converged there. So it was a very prosperous, industrious center and uh, a very strategic, in fact, was probably the largest city uh, at that time. And so God's heart is that these people would repent that he would show mercy and kindness to them. And that's exactly what happens as uh, Jonah begins to speak to them. Uh, they turn and uh, they uh, humble themselves. There's fasting, there's prayer, there's sackcloth, there's ashes, there's all kinds of things. And, uh, and God hears their cries and he relents and he says, I will not bring the calamity against you. And now Jonah, he gets upset. He's kind of like, yeah, I thought you'd do that, God. This is crazy, right? I mean, Jonah, he, he had more mercy and love towards those sailors who you know, are going to throw him overboard. Oh, guys, you throw me overboard. I want you guys to survive. But when it comes to the, the Ninevites, it's kind of like, I'm not happy that God is showing you mercy. 
You know, I'm just going to sit here and wait. Hopefully destruction will come. And, uh, and God teaches him a little lesson with this vine that grows up, gives him some shade, and then a worm eats it and it shrivels and then he's exposed to the sun again. And God says, listen, if I want to show mercy, if I want to give shade, if I want to give relief, surely it's in my heart to do that. I can do that. Don't get angry with me. And, uh, and Jonah had known he says, Lord, I know that you're a God full of love and mercy and compassion. And, uh, and so this was deep in the, the faith and the understanding of almost an orthodoxy of belief that Jonah had. And the knowledge that God is full of love and compassion. You know, as we face the calamities that are enveloping the world right now, so many people suffering so much hardship and difficulty that our heart should be one where we're praying. We're saying, Lord, have mercy. Not just have mercy on us, but Lord, would you show compassion, kindness, and mercy to even those who are your enemies? Yeah? Listen, there are only two kinds of people on the planet. There are those who are in Christ Jesus, those who believe in Jesus, and those who are not. Only two kinds of people. And for those who are in Christ Jesus, those who are believers, they, they're part of the family of God, we pray for them and we ask, Lord, would you continue to be a shield around us and be the lifter of our head and, and show kindness and, and bless us and you know, let your love be revealed not only in us but also through us to others. So those who are in Christ Jesus and those who are not in Christ Jesus yet. Come on, we need to see people, it doesn't matter what language they speak, what clothing they wear, no matter which geographical part of the planet they find themselves, if they are outside of the family of God, let us pray for them with a heart of mercy. Begin to reach out in our prayers, but also in our actions, whatever we can do to reach out to those around about us who are not yet in Christ Jesus. Whether they serve a false God or not, it doesn't matter who they think they're serving, whatever religion, doesn't matter if they think they have no religion. Well, they've just put themselves as God. It's a kind of a religion. Right? It doesn't matter what they believe. Everybody believes something. And we need to pray that the Lord would have kindness, mercy, that he would demonstrate his love in very practical and tangible ways and that they would experience his love and mercy. So let's go now to Jonah chapter 2 and uh, let's pick up the story there together. Because there's just so many good things for us to see in this prayer that Jonah is praying. Now, at this point, Jonah is in the belly, if you like, of this big fish. Right? We don't know exactly what parts of the anatomy it was exactly, but you know what? 
It was in the belly, it was inside, it was nasty. Okay, so Jonah chapter 2. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You know, we're in the middle of this hectic third wave reports from doctors on the front lines is this is really you know overwhelming it is a catastrophe it's a disaster it really really is no joke at all and for some people who are struggling who are needing extra medical care and attention they feel like they're dying they're crying from the depths almost from the realm of the dead and there are many people who find themselves in this place of need. And let's be praying that many people would cry out to the Lord in this time. That those who weren't thinking about God, that right now God would be gracious to them. That he would turn their thoughts towards the Lord. That the cry of their heart from deep within, that would summon up... Uh, the, the ability to cry out to the living God that they might find him, that they would call for help. It says, you listened to my cry. You know, the Lord is listening out for the deep and intense cries for help and for deliverance that come from people. All right? So if you find yourself in a difficult place, and even if you haven't been following Jesus the way you know you should, and the enemy wants to say, well, you know, you don't deserve anything from God. How dare you cry out for help? Silence that lie of the enemy. Shut that accusation. In your distress, in your deep place of darkness and calamity, cry out to the Lord. He will listen to your prayers. Verse 3 says, You hurled me into the depths. I mean, this is interesting. Jonah is recognizing that the hands of the other sailors who threw him overboard into the ocean, it was actually part of God's plan. Can you believe that? God can work through seemingly tough actions, even horrible things that other people have done to us and we can see that God is actually even able to work through the negative actions of unbelievers so that he can get us into the place where we need to be you see Jonah was headed in the wrong direction God wanted to grab hold of his attention turn him around and, and get him back on track and so Jonah recognizes, God, you are the one who actually hurled me into the deep, not those sailors. It's interesting. Some of us, we get really bitter and but angry with people who've done hard, terrible things to us. But you know what? Take a step back. God's got hold of your attention, even if you've suffered at the hands of other people. Verse 3, you hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. This is a terrible storm 
that is raging all around him. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. And this is because the understanding was that the place of God's dwelling where he would hear the prayers, the cries of God's people was from the temple, from the holy mountain. And so Jonah is having a turnaround, he's having an episode of repentance, hallelujah, what an amazing episode to have. We all need episodes of repentance. And so he's repenting and he's turning around inside of his heart, okay? There was a turning on the inside of Jonah before there was a turning of the fish and taking him back to dry land. The turning on the inside of us will result in a turning around of our circumstances. Yay. I will look again toward your holy temple. In other words, I'm looking to you, Lord. I'm not looking to the circumstances, but I'm turning my gaze not on the storm, not on the hardships, not on the distress, but I'm turning my gaze, I'm fixing my attention on you, Lord. Verse five, the engulfing waters threatened me and they were at my throat. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. Guys, it doesn't get much worse than this. Yeah, horrible, horrible, stinking circumstances. Verse six, to the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. Folks, this is the message of hope that we hold on to. Even if we feel like we've sunk into the deepest of the depths of the ocean, there is no way back. We've been barred in. It's like we're in prison. We cannot escape from the worst place possible. Know that God is the one who can redeem our lives, bring us up from that pit, from that dungeon, from that prison. It doesn't matter how difficult life is. It doesn't matter how severe this virus is attacking your body. Even if you feel like your life is ebbing away, cry out to the Lord and he will rescue you from the pit. Verse 7, when my life was ebbing away. Wow, isn't this language just so pertinent for us today? When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you. Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. You know, this is now crying out to the Lord of heaven and earth. And let our prayers rise in a sense, to the holy temple in the heavenly realms. We want to be uh, recognizing that we're seated with him in heavenly places, in his holy temple. We have access. We can come boldly before the throne of God in our time of need and our time of crisis. And so as Jonah gives to us something of an example from the very depths of circumstance and situation, but our prayers rise right up to the highest of heavens. 
and we remember the Lord. This is the time when we hold on to the testimonies of all the times that God has come through for us in the past. God, you've done it before, you can do it again. We remember, we hold on to all of the past examples where God has come through for us, come through for our family, come through for people we know in the church. As we look in the scriptures and we see the miracles that Jesus did, they remind us of what God is able to do. We remember those testimonies and we say, Lord, do it again. So the scriptures act as a testimony for us to hold on to the Lord. Verse 8 says, those who cling to worthless idols, they turn away from God's love for them. In other words, if you, uh, as an unbeliever, you know, want to hold on to false beliefs, you're actually turning away from being able to receive God's mercy. Yeah, so there's this contrast going on. You know what, hold on to unbelief, and you're going to face a lack of God's love and a lack of his mercy and his grace. But we want to turn away from those things and we want to turn to the living God. We want to turn towards his love and his mercy. And so this is what Jonah does in verse 9. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. <laughs> Come on, he is singing songs of thanksgiving, grateful praise while he's still in the middle of those calamitous situation, circumstances. He's still in the belly of the fish and he's singing songs of thanksgiving and praise. <laughs> Folks, this is what prophetic people do. Even before the miracle, even before the answer and the deliverance, there is a turning of our hearts to the Lord. There is a remembering. This is we stir up faith and we remember all that he's done in the past and we know that he can do it again. Even if our life was ebbing away, we felt like we were dying. We were done for. As we turn our hearts to the Lord and we call out to him, we cry out to him, he hears our prayers, he redeems us from the pit, and he, we know that his answer is on the way. I mean, Jonah knew that there was some kind of an answer going on. I mean, to be swallowed by this massive fish and to, to not be, you know, uh, dissolved by the enzymes in the stomach of this fish, I mean, this is, something's weird is going on here. Like to be alive inside of another creature for three days and three nights, that is miraculous. So he's in the middle of a miracle. God, something's going on here. I know, even if I don't understand all of the issues and the details, but you're up to something. And so now I begin to praise you, I begin to worship you, I begin to give you thanks for the answer that's on the way, even if I don't fully understand what's going on. Something's happening, I don't know exactly what, but I'm going to praise you, and, and even if the outcome is not yet visible, 
It doesn't mean that I can't begin to praise you. No, by faith, I'm going to start to give thanks and to praise you. Isn't that astounding? Yeah. Absolutely extraordinary. The faith of Jonah. He's still in the situation, but he's giving grateful thanks. And he's beginning to say, Lord, I'm going to bring sacrifices. There's going to be an offering that's coming towards you because you're worthy to receive all of the, the offerings that we can bring. You know, the passage that Daryl was referring to when we were just talking about tithes and offerings, about bringing that miraculous catch of fish and actually kind of, you know what, giving it up, if you like, to the Lord. Whatever it is that God is giving to us, he's entrusting to us that we might use everything that we've been given for worship. <laughs> you know, we, we go wrong when we think that God is giving us stuff that, oh, it's for me. It's kind of like, no, 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 we're not at the center of the universe. God is at the center. And he's giving us things and he's entrusting things to us that we might steward them for him, but also that we can use it as part of our thanksgiving, as part of our offering, that we've got something we can give as a sacrifice. What I vowed, I will make good. And then this beautiful revelation right in the middle of the book of Jonah. This is like bang, halfway, slap in the middle of, uh, of the book of Jonah. Salvation comes from the Lord. Salvation comes from the Lord. Wow. Salvation for Jonah. Salvation for Nineveh. Salvation for those who are in Christ Jesus comes from the Lord. Salvation for those who are not yet in Christ Jesus comes from the Lord. South Africa, salvation comes from the Lord. With the pandemic, third wave, hospitals overflowing, chaos, crisis, salvation comes from the Lord. Salvation does not come from a vaccine. A vaccine can help. Salvation comes from the Lord. Medicine can help, but salvation comes from the Lord. Our hope and our trust, even as we are doing all the proper things with regards to medicine, protocols, whatever, but our salvation comes from the Lord. Yeah? We are people of faith and hope and trust. You see, they're people who've done all they can do with all of the medications and they still have died. So our trust, our idol cannot be medicine. Our God is God. He is our Savior. Salvation comes from the Lord. Your finances, the government is not going to save you. Salvation comes from the Lord. With the economy and all the difficulty and the hardship, 
salvation comes from the Lord. You know, for Nineveh, interestingly enough, a few years, um, maybe about um, five years or so, before Jonah got to Nineveh, there'd been a massive plague that had swept through the city of Nineveh. (laughs) Thousands of people had died from a crazy, hectic plague. Pandemic had swept through Nineveh just a few years before Jonah got there. And there was an earthquake. There was horrible things going on in Nineveh. God in his mercy reached out to them. To, he didn't want to just obliterate them, although they deserved judgment. But he wanted to show them mercy and kindness. And in the context of a, of a terrible plague, God speaks a word to cause people to come to repentance. You know, in the middle of this COVID pandemic, God is speaking words of mercy Calling people to repentance, salvation is from the Lord. Hmm, powerful stuff. And then verse 10 says, Now the fish had had enough, and the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. What an ordeal. He's back on dry land, and uh, he's got a, got a long journey ahead of him. Yeah? He had hundreds of kilometers to walk, to walk out that repentance. Remember, he tried to go the wrong direction, comes back onto dry land. He's still got a long way's journey to walk to Nineveh to then go and carry out that prophetic mission. And even for those of us who've experienced the Lord's deliverance from certain difficulties and hardships, And it's like, hey, the fish was there, it was uncomfortable, but it was part of the rescue plan. Boom, now we've been spat up on dry land. It's kind of like, hey, we've still got some day's journey ahead of us before we can actually get to fulfill all that God has for us. Now, sometimes we think, oh, spat on dry land and was right there, you know, exactly where Nineveh was. We don't know that. Probably because it was in the Mediterranean Sea that the fish had swallowed him, that it was on the shores of the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah? So there was this big overland journey that Jonah needed to undertake in order to fulfill exactly what he said he would do. So he gave thanks in advance before salvation deliverance has come. He's praising the Lord prophetically, And he's saying, Lord, I will fulfill whatever you've called me to do. I'm going to fulfill it. And God turns things around. I believe, so as we bring our message to a close this morning, I believe that as we turn our hearts back to the Lord, as we are stirring our faith, as we're lifting our eyes to the Lord, as we recognize that he is the one who brings salvation. There's storm all around, there's calamity all around, but God can do miraculous things. He can cause an enormous fish to be in the right place at the right time so that we can be saved, 
we can be set free, if you like, from the, the storm and, uh, and we can get into a place of safety. All right. So let me pray for you right now. Whatever the storm is, and I'm going to have the worship team come up and um, we're going to go into a time of just acknowledging that God is the God who's overall. And let me just pray for you right now at home. Whatever the storm is, whatever the calamity is, God's got, if you like, a big fish for you. God has got something that he can bring to your rescue. Yeah? And so he is busy shifting and changing things. He's moving on your behalf that your life would not ebb away. As you cry out to the Lord, know that he is He's going to bring deliverance. So thank you, Lord, that you are working powerfully even right now. That you're causing an answer to be released and is going to be revealed to us. And even if we don't fully understand the, the workings of this, this answer, even as Jonah stuck inside that fish for three days and three nights, how is this going to be a solution? Lord, even if we don't understand, it's okay. We put our hope and our trust in you. Lord, as we look to you, as we cry out to you, hear our prayer. Bring deliverance to our health, to our families, to our finances to the devastation that's raging through this country right now. The upheaval, the divisions, the chaos. Lord, have mercy. Lord, cause hearts to turn in repentance. Cause us to be those who would tell others of the power and the might and the splendor of God that they would hear the message, that they would be able to respond with repentance, that they would come to you. Thank you, Lord, that you have got good things in store for us as a people, for us as a nation. Release mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God has got good things. He's the loving, compassionate, merciful God. As we lift our hearts just to acknowledge that He is Lord over all, let's worship Him. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Him. Let's worship together.